Well, good morning, everybody. We'll try it one more time. Good morning, everybody. Good. You want to make sure you're awake with me? We, uh, we've been talking about Thanksgiving uh, all month, all through October. And we, uh, we recognize as we talk about Thanksgiving that most of us are not in the habit of giving thanks. In fact, I think, I think we all would admit that probably not giving thanks is probably more where we're at. We're more probably apt to whine or complain than to say, God, thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, giving thanks, as we, I think as we all understand, is absolutely a habit that we have to form because it does not come naturally to us. And uh, I got to say that for so many of us, we, are, we, are, we tend to be more pessimistic rather than optimistic. I just love this little picture of this little doggy here. Uh, they just rake leaves, yay. I love, I love the look on his face. For some of us, uh, we know people. This reminds us of certain people. Uh, and it reminds me of a few people, but I'm not going to mention their name. Don't want to insult them anyway. But for many of us, we're more like this. We're, we complain about everything. Can you, if we could not have all four seasons of weather in one week, that would be great. And that is the thing about Manitoba, isn't it? It's con- the weather's constantly changing, and man, if you, you know that you're around Manitobans when you uh, hear them talk about what the weather's like here. We were away for uh, a little break, Laura and I, and we, we, when we were at the airport last night, we, uh, we knew we were around Winnipegers, because man, the whining and complaining is unbelievable. Uh, hey, you know what? We are, we, we're so much to be grateful for, so much to be thankful for. Uh, look at this one. I, I like this. It's called fall because everything is falling. Leaves, temperature, my bank account, and motivation. And maybe you've come to church feeling like that today, just feeling just so down and so out and just thinking, man, I, I don't have a lot to be thankful for. In fact, if anything, I've got lots to complain about. Hey, we have got to understand that as Christians, giving thanks is not an option. It's not just a recommendation in Scripture. It really is the essence of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We understand that that God has done great things for us. We understand that God is good to us. We understand that God wants to bless us and, and, and help us. But the problem is, is that we so often don't open our hearts up to that blessing and to that provision because we're too busy concentrating on our problems, on our circumstances, on our difficulties and struggles. I know it's hard to believe, but we are really blessed to live in Winnipeg. Can I say it again? <laughs> we are really blessed to live in Winnipeg. If you think, if you think of some of the places that you could have been born, you recognize we are indeed very, very blessed to be here. Hey, look, it, it's a change in your mindset. It's a change in the way that you, you interpret and understand what God has brought into your life. Now, part of Thanksgiving is obviously not looking at yourself, not concentrating on your circumstances, not looking at other people. Oftentimes, we look at ourselves, our circumstances, maybe our job situation, uh, maybe some of the people in our lives. It, it really does give us reason to complain <laughs> and maybe to feel, hey, it's hopeless. But when we take time to give thanks to God, what's happening now is we're getting our focus off of ourselves 
and we're getting our eyes fixed completely on the one who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ever ask or think. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Our focus is on God, and our understanding is that God wants to work in your life. He wants to answer your prayers. He wants to do good things in you and through you. And so one of the things that we asked you to do last week is as an expression of thanksgiving, as an expression of praise to God, we asked you to consider making an offering. And that offering was, uh, was the shoeboxes, the Samaritan's Purse shoeboxes that is sent around the world. And if you haven't got a shoebox yet, uh, I ask you, invite you to, to get one. And if God has done good things for you and you recognize that God has blessed you, then by all means, get a shoebox, get two. Our family last year did 10 shoeboxes because we feel so blessed and so grateful to God for his goodness to us. I'm thankful for a wonderful marriage. I'm thankful for wonderful kids, wonderful family. We're thankful for the jobs that we have. And so as an expression of gratitude, what do we do? We give. And by the way, this is an Old Testament idea. And as one rabbi put it, he said, the one offering that will continue even after the Messiah comes will be the offering of thanksgiving. And I would say a hearty amen to that. So you and I, you and I need to be in the habit of giving thanks, and one of the ways is by giving. And so I hope that if you haven't got your shoebox, you'll make sure that you get one before you go uh, home today. I'm going to show you a passage of Scripture from Psalm 50, verses 14 to 15, and I'm going to unpack this in a bit, but let me just read it to you. The, The psalmist says, "'Make thankfulness your sacrifice.'" Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God, and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. So look at this, folks. I think when we talk about God, if you have got a very elementary understanding of who God is, if you maybe don't really get it all, I think you, you and I all understand, we, we, we agree that when it comes to God, he's the one that we cry out to. He's the one that we call on when we're in trouble. But the psalmist says that we have got to be more mature about our understanding of crying out to God for help. He says before you cry out to God, what you have to do is you've got to make your sacrifices of thanksgiving. So if you want God to answer your prayers, if you want God to hear you, if you want to experience the joy of seeing your prayers answered, it begins, first of all, by getting your focus off of yourself and getting your focus onto God. And how do you do that? By simply giving thanks to God, by making this this sacrifice of thanksgiving. And so God says that after you've made that that sacrifice of thanksgiving, then cry out to God. Tell him whatever is on your heart. Tell him whatever is bothering you. Tell him about your problems. I know that many of us sitting here today, we've got problems. And for some of us, the problems are so great, or maybe even embarrassing. We don't want anybody to know about it. But the fact is, is we've got problems. It might be financial. It might be in your marriage. It might be with your kids. It might be at your might be a job. It might be a, a personal addiction. Uh, I don't know. But I do know this. God knows all about it, and he understands it. And he's waiting for you and for me to come to him with our needs. And that's why the psalmist says, then call on God when you are in trouble. This is God speaking. 
Call on me when you're in trouble. Now, here's the wonderful thing that comes out of that, is that when you and I cry out to God when we're in trouble and God helps us, this, my friends, is what brings glory to God. In other words, that's how God is known in this world. One of the things that they used to tell us in Sunday school when we were kids is that we needed to go out and be witnesses. We had to tell others about Jesus. And that always, always terrified me. What I've begun to understand as I get older is, yes, I do need to tell people about Jesus. But there is a context for telling people about Jesus. And here's the context. It's my own personal relationship with God. It's the story of how God has heard my prayers and wants to answer my prayers and is doing good things in my life. And so someone comes along now and says, tell me about your God. I'm not going to give him a religious speech. What I'm going to do is I'm going to share with him how God has helped me. How God has worked in my life, how God has worked in my marriage and in my family and in my kids. This is what brings glory to God. And this is what shows the world that God is real. This is what shows and proves to the world that God is near and he's not far away. So what I want to do today is I want to talk to you about how how to cry out to God. I want to teach you the power of crying out to God of calling on God when we're in trouble. You know that if you uh, read through the Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, you will see in the Old Testament and in the New Testament multiplied examples of people who cried out to God. In fact, one of the things that we see about the children of Israel in the, in the, in the midst of their, their uh, oppression by Pharaoh in Egypt is that they started crying out to God, and they cried out to God. And the Bible says that God heard their cries. And in answer to their cry, he sent them Moses, who delivered them from the oppressor. When's the last time you cried out to God? The fact is, is that if you're white, you're probably not in the habit of being that demonstrative. It's like, help God. Help, a little help here, please. If you're in Africa, I love, the, love, love going to Burundi because there these people know how to talk to God. I talked to the, I talked to the Burundians at one of the pre- sermons that I preached there about crying out to God. And I said to, the, I said to my, my Burundian brothers and sisters, do you know how to cry out to God? And they screamed it out, yes, brother. Yes, indeed. And what do they do? I said to them, what you need to do if you're in trouble is cry out to Jesus. And I said, would you say with me, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. And, uh, and boy, did they, did they ever respond well. So I'm going to see if we can maybe imitate the Burundians right here and right now. And if you could say with me, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. And I'm going to say one, two, three, and we're going to say it together. Ready? One, two, three. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. That's eh, not too bad. <laughs> Burundians are way better. Let's try it one more time. Not bad. There's a few people up here that really need help. I can tell that. Hey, you know what? God hears us when we cry. Listen to this. God says in Exodus, he warns the Israelites about treating the widow and the orphan well. And here's what it says. You must not exploit a widow or an orphan. If you exploit them in any way and they cry out to me, then I will certainly hear their cry. Did you see that? God does hear us when we cry out to him. And then we read about Esther and Mordecai. 
the Jews were now in exile in Persia, and the wicked Haman figured out a way, in a very crafty way, to have all the Jews wiped out. And Mordecai and Esther, they, they're the ones that got wind of this evil scheme. And literally, all the Jews throughout the Persian Empire would have been wiped out. And so what do we find? We find Mordecai and Esther going to their people and saying, look at people, we're in trouble. We are desperate. We need to cry out to God for help. And the Bible says that's exactly what they did. They joined their hearts together and they literally cried out in a loud voice. God, help me. Now, let me ask you, how desperate are you today? Are you desperate enough to cry out to God and say, God, I need your help? God, get me through this? But so many of us, we treat God as though, as though, you know, maybe he's there, maybe he's not. Maybe he'll help me, maybe he won't. I can tell you, when my kids were little, if they ever cried out to me, I'm there like that. Jamie Felicia, you know what that's all about. Your kids are very young, but man, mama, <laughs> you're there. One, one, one little cry for help, and you're, you're running to their aid. Why? Because that's the heart of a father. That's the heart of a parent. And I want you to know our God loves us, and he wants to help us. And the way that he helps us is by teaching us to cry out to him for help. When's the last time you cried out for help? When's the last time you said, God, I can't, I can't do this on my own. I can't get through this on my own. I can't, I can't get through this addiction on my own. I, God, I, I can't get through my finances. My finances are a mess. God, help me. God, I need a job. Help me. How desperate are you today? I can tell you, when you look through the Old Testament, we see example after example of people who were desperate for a move of God in their midst. And we see that God heard their cry every time. Look at poor Job. He lost his house. He lost his wealth. He lost his health. He lost his children. He lost everything. And what do we find Job doing? We see him crying out to God. For many of us, going through difficulty and struggle would say would be proof, that's it, there is no God. God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. But Job didn't do that. What did Job do? Job kept his faith in God, and he cried out to him for help. In fact, God did help him. In fact, the Bible says that God restored to Job all that he had and even more. Go through the Psalms, the same thing. David, uh, Asaph, the sons of Korah, they're all teaching us and, and imploring us and exhorting us to cry out to God for help. When's the last time you cried out to God for help? You go to the New Testament, what do you discover? All kinds of people running to Jesus, crying out to Jesus for help. I'm going to share a story with you from Mark chapter 10. It's a story of Bartimaeus. And it says that the disciples and Jesus left town and a large crowd followed them. And there's a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, who was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he kept saying it, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And it was getting on people's nerves. People are like, oh, shut up. That's what, that's what it says here, verse 48. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at, yelled at him. 
Here's this poor guy. Get the picture of him. He's sitting on the ground. He's got his cloak around him. He's huddled in a little corner there trying to protect himself, trying to be safe from the crowd. He's got, he's, there's no welfare system. There's, there's no system to meet his needs. All he's got is his voice to cry out for help. Hey, where do, you, where do you have to get to before you start crying out to God for help? How low do you have to go? How bad does it have to get before you finally say, God, I need your help? And so there's poor Bartimaeus on the ground, wrapped in his cloak, protecting himself in a little dark little cocoon. He can't see. And he's desperate and he's in need. But he hears that Jesus is nearby. Here's what I want you to know today. Jesus is nearby today. Jesus is nearby to you. There's a song that said he's, the close as the, he's as close as the mention of his name. And when he heard that Jesus was nearby, he cried out, Lord Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And now watch this. Just imagine this. This is Bartimaeus crying out in the midst of hundreds, maybe thousands of people. And it says in verse 49, I love these words. Oh, this is the sweetest words ever. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. Now, can you imagine Bartimaeus, the blind man, unable to, to work, unable to get a job, unable to, able to provide for himself in any meaningful way, literally at the mercy of human beings who may or may not be kind to him. And suddenly Jesus says, come here. Tell him to come here. Wow. So they called the blind man. And I love the way they put this. Because one minute they're telling him to shut up, be quiet. You're making too much noise. And now here's what they say. They say, Bartimaeus, cheer up. Come on, he's calling you. And Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. He jumped up. And he came to Jesus, and Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, my rabbi, I want to see. Now, I want you to see something here. Rabbi, Bartimaeus didn't ask for money. He could have said, you know what? I've been asking for money my whole life. The, the right thing to do would be to ask for money, because that's been sort of my, my go-to for any kind of help, anything that I need. If I could just, if I could just win, the, win the lottery, if I could just get more money, if I could just, if I could just, if I could just have more stuff, then that'll make me happy. But Bartimaeus said, what I really need is I need to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. And the Bible says, instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. People tried to shut him up. Hey, you know what? People, people are going to try to shut you up. You say, well, I heard enough about your God and about Jesus and about church. And that's all you ever do is talk about, about, about your God and about your church and about Jesus. Can you give me a break? Hey, listen, folks. When you have experienced the power of God at work in your life, helping you through your difficulty, through your struggle, through your marriage problems, through your family problems. That's the time to speak up and to tell people about the goodness of God. That's the time to, to bring glory to the Lord. And that's exactly what the psalmist is telling us, what God is telling us through the psalmist. And you will give me glory. 
I'm going to tell you, folks, there's a whole world out there that's looking for the answers that you have. They want to know that there is a God, a loving God, a relational God, who actually cares about you and your circumstances. The problem for so many people is that Christianity has just become a religion, an impersonal religion. You go through the motions, do whatever you have to do, and... Hopefully, God will get through somehow. But what you need to do is you need to go and say, you know what, I cried out to the Lord, and not only did he hear me, he helped me through it. And I want to tell you today that that's exactly what God wants to do for you. He wants to bring you through your heartache, through your suffering, your struggle, whatever it is that you're going through. God wants to get you through it. But what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to learn what it means to cry out to God. You're going to have to learn what it means to say, God, Help me, I can't do this anymore. Look at this. Uh, Mark 10, 47. When blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was uh, was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It's interesting that this blind man, look at, this is really, really important. This blind man, although he was blind, he could see more than anybody. He could see better than the Pharisees. He could see better than the men of the law, better than the priests, better than the high priests. He could see that this Jesus of Nazareth was not just any rabbi. Jesus is the one that could heal him and make him whole. Do you understand today that Jesus is here and he's able to heal you? He's able to heal your situation. Your broken heart, your broken marriage, your broken family, your broken spirit, your broken mind. Jesus is able to heal. Do you see as Bartimaeus sees? Wow. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. My prayer today is that God will open your heart. God will open your heart to see that he, that he really loves you and cares about you. In fact, if we read through, again, if you read through the Psalms, if you read through the Old Testament and the New Testament, and you see that God is a personal God who really loves us. Look at this. Psalm 145, 17 to 19. God is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. There's that song, he's as close as the mention of his name. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. Hey, folks, if you're not in the habit of crying out to God, then my prayer is that as we come to the end of this series on Thanksgiving, that you will understand that you need to be one of those people that starts crying out to God on a regular basis by telling him, what's on your heart, what's breaking your heart, what's troubling you, and God will hear you. That's the promise of the Scripture. He will hear you. He will answer your prayer. Now, let's go back to Psalm 50, 14 to 15 real quickly. And the psalmist tells us, make, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. 
Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. So how do we cry out to God? The very first thing you need to understand is that before you cry out to God with all your needs, what you need to do is first give him thanks. You say, I, really, I don't get that. If I'm in trouble, if I'm in need, I'm not going to begin by giving thanks. I'm just going to start crying out and asking for help. But here's why you need to begin with thanksgiving. And I've already said this. I'm going to say it again. I've been saying it every week since we started this series, is when you give Thanks to God, what you're doing is you're getting your focus off of yourself and off of your circumstances. You're getting your eyes on the one who is, who is greater, greater than your circumstances and greater than whatever it is that you're going through. And so you begin with this sacrifice of thanksgiving. And then it says, keep the vows you made to the Most High. Now, here's, here's where most people get hit the wall when, they've been, when they're praying and they're trying to see God answer uh, answer their prayers and answer whatever it is that they're struggling with. They hit the wall here because what happens is, is it takes more than just giving thanks to God. What has to happen is that you and I need to make sure that our hearts are right with God. We've got to make sure that we are living in obedience to God. The Bible's clear that God cannot hear the prayers of those who do not love him, those who refuse to surrender to him, those who refuse to obey him. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 23 to 24, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar, that is, if you're, if you're making a sacrifice of thanksgiving at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Hey, if, if, you, if you're struggling and you've got difficulties and problems in your life right now and you need God's help, then before you go one step further and before you decide God doesn't answer my prayers, make sure, make sure that you don't have any relational debts. In other words, make sure that you're not holding unforgiveness in your heart. If you're not forgiving the people in your heart, in your life that have hurt you, your mother, your father, maybe your brother or sister, I don't know, your boss. If you're holding unforgiveness in your heart, I'm going to tell you right now, then that stops the flow of God's blessing and answers to your prayer. If you're holding unforgiveness in your heart, then God can't help you. That's, that's, that's just the reality of it all. So Jesus, when he wants us, to come and cry out to him and get from him the blessing he wants to give us, what we've got to do, first of all, is first of all, we've got to get our focus on him. And secondly, we've got to make sure that there is no relational deficit. In other words, we've got to make sure that we're not holding unforgiveness in our heart. Because the Bible's clear that if you don't forgive, then God can't forgive. God cannot hear us if we're holding anger, bitterness in our heart. So, Here's the thing. If, if you've been praying and asking God for a miracle in your life and trying to overcome whatever it is that you're trying to overcome, ask yourself the question, is there somebody in your life right now that you are angry or bitter towards? And if you are, then you need to say, God, before I go another step further, because remember, this is what Jesus says, before I do anything else, I want to forgive that person. I want to forgive that one that's hurt me. I want to forgive that one who has let me down, who has failed me so miserably. I'm guessing that the reason you're in trouble right now is because you've allowed unforgiveness to take root in your heart. 
And the minute that you let unforgiveness take root in your heart, that's when you began to experience problems and difficulties and struggles. That's when you started losing the victory in your life. What we want to do tonight is we want to call people together to pray, to cry out to God, to worship Him, and to make sure that our hearts are right with God so that God can answer our prayers and so that God can do something fantastic in our marriages, in our families, and in our church. But it starts with you by doing what the the Bible says. So after you've given thanks to God and after you've made sure that that you are, you're obeying Jesus and you're doing life the way Jesus calls you to do it, then by all means, cry out to God for help. And the Bible says that Jesus will rescue you. And in so doing, you will bring glory to him. And people will see that your Christianity is the real thing. Your Christianity is true. It's real. How many of us, how many of us, Our hearts have drifted far away from God. And it seems we cry out to God, we try to pray, and nothing happens. Hey, do what the psalmist tells you to do. Start giving him thanks. Examine your heart. Make sure there's no unforgiveness. And then start telling God whatever you need, and God's going to rescue you. He's going to get you through whatever it is you're struggling with. Look at this. Jesus says this, so don't... So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? You may be feeling like that. Man, I've been praying for so long, and I just feel like God's putting me off. Some of you know that this this verse comes from, from the parable that Jesus told about the persistent widow. She wanted justice. And so what she did is she went to the judge, who's, who's not a Christian, not religious. Jesus makes sure we understand that. But here's, here's what Jesus says. This widow is persistent. She doesn't, doesn't stop crying out, doesn't stop pestering the judge. And finally, the judge says, hey, I can't take this anymore. I got to help this woman. And that's exactly what Jesus says that we need to do when it c- comes to approaching God. Keep pestering God. Keep crying out to him. And then finally, God will come through. But hey, folks, there's got to be a real sense of commitment to this. For so many of us, it's like, well, I'll try the bank. I'll, I'll try my mom. I'll try, the, I'll try God. I'll try, I'll try my friend. We'll try whatever it is. We'll try, I'll get help somewhere. But God says, hey, I want you to understand that I am not on the same level as your friends and your family or anybody else. I am the God who is able to bring you through whatever it is that you're struggling with. I am the God that's able to walk you through this. I am the God that's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you ask or think. That's who our God is. But what you and I have to do is we need to learn what it is to cry out to him. We've got to learn what it is to say, God, I'm going to stop doing this on my own. God, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep on crying out to you. I'm going to keep on trusting you. Amen? Let's stand together, shall we? Father, we thank you today that it's your, it's your idea that we come to you with our prayer requests, with our needs. Your word tells us to ask, and it will be given to us, to seek, and we will find, to knock, and the door will be opened to us. God, this is the way you set it up. You want us as your children to trust you, the Father, to answer our prayers, to, to to help us whatever, with whatever it is that we're struggling with. 
Only God, we pray that you give us the grace to cry out to you, to ask for your help. And we know, Lord, that you want to help us. You want to bless us. You want to strengthen us. You want to heal of us, heal us of our broken relationships, of our broken heart, our broken spirit, our broken mind. You want to heal us, oh God, and you want to set us free. You want us to be more than conquerors through Christ. And so, God, we commit ourselves to you now, thanking you in Jesus' name. And everyone said it? Tell the person beside